friends, and welcome to the Paranatural Podcast. My name is Ben. And I am King Tulian. <laughs> no, Not he's here. Jake. And joining us once again, our very special <laughs> correspondent, Derek. How the fuck you boys doing tonight? Yes. I'm doing well. You're doing well? Yeah, I'm doing all right. <laughs> you guys Derek. are just a font of fucking information. Another information. <clears throat> Derek has his own podcast. He has done one episode. <laughs> and in that episode, it was pretty good. But he uses his normal vo- voice on our podcast, but he talks like this on his other one. <laughs> You you did put on a sexy radio voice, bud. Yeah. Um, maybe I should try that on this one. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Give it a go. How are you gentlemen doing tonight? Well, you gotta you gotta talk like you have a lot of problems too. Fuck that's easy. <laughs> All right, so I was not privy to uh what the fuck episode we're doing tonight? So, um, my curiosity is killing me just like a cat would be killed by the curiosity. Yeah, Derek, what the fuck are we talking about, bud? So, Ben, being the alien enthusiast you are, have you ever heard of Granger Taylor? I have not, not, not that it's ringing a bell anyway. Nothing's ringing a bell. British no. Columbia, dude who vanished without a trace. No, I don't. That it's not ringing a bell, bud. Who? Well, then. Uh, so this one, kind of like the the Atlas Pass thing, is is kind of shrouded in mystery. Yes, Jacob. Why are you wearing a mic and using a different <laughs> mic? I I don't know. There's a jack to plug in a headset. Other one. Does that come off? Yeah, I guess. Okay. Was Continue, it, please. Was I fucking bugging you, bud? <laughs> was that throwing you off? Uh, you got two mics on. What the fuck does it matter? I'm getting twice as good the audio. I know. From what this mic doesn't pick up, the other mic picks up. Jackass. All right, please continue, Humble. Okay. Uh, so, so Benjamin, you've never heard of Granger Taylor? It's not ringing any bells. Okay. So, where do you want me to start? You want me to start at the You're beginning? You were at BC. Okay. So, in the beginning, was, <laughs> and the word was with God, and the word was God. In the name of the Holy Spirit, get the fuck away from me. <laughs> Thank you. That's my Thank job today is just, just pushing I'm, pushing fucking buttons. I love that one. Same. It's probably my favorite. <laughs> Wonder why. Go back to the humble. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> okay. So 43 years ago, on the night of November 29th, 1980, a 32-year-old man named Granger Taylor walked to his parents' bedroom on their farm in Duncan, Vancouver Island in British Columbia. And leaves a note that reads as follows. Dear mother and father, I have gone away to walk aboard an alien spaceship. As reoccurring dreams assured a 42-month interstellar voyage to explore the vast universe, then return. I am leaving behind all my possessions to you as I will no longer will require the use of any. Please use the instructions in my will as a guide to help. Love, Granger. Whether it was before or after writing this note, Granger visited Bob's Grill and was seen leaving in his pink Datsun pickup truck and was then never seen again. At 6.30. Is there anything more 80s than a pink Datsun pickup truck? Hair bands. Fair the enough. Macho Man driving the <laughs> Datsun pickup truck. <laughs> so, <clears throat> now we're going to take you to the real beginning. So, Granger Ormond Taylor was born October 7th, 1948 in Duncan, Vancouver Island in British Columbia, which is a logging and fishing town on the southeast coast of Vancouver Island. 
which for us in the United States would be located north of Seattle, somewhere up in Canada. When he was just a baby, his real father died in an accident. From what I've read, he drowned in Horn Lake while his family was on vacation at their cabin. When he was around two, his mom remarried a man named Jim Taylor, a widower with children with three children. In total, he grew up with seven siblings, three step, three biological, and a half-brother. As a child, he was shy and awkward, but he was extremely mechanically inclined. It was said that he spent much of his time as a child alone in his room, a lot like Jake, except rather than pounding the old pud, <laughs> he would be taking toys and other shit apart, figuring out how they worked. He was very intelligent, but like many of us, couldn't give a rat's ass about school. And around the age of 14, after finishing the eighth grade, I did the math. I'm not really sure it adds up. Wouldn't you be a freshman at that point? <clears throat> uh, just look at, uh, what's his name from Satan's Harvest? He was like, what, 14 or 15 in like third grade? Yeah. In fifth grade? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, he kept getting held back because he had to skip school a lot to farm. Uh, yeah, well, that was not that was not Granger's problem. After finishing the eighth grade, he dropped out and began an apprenticeship for a neighbor who was a mechanic. And Granger was a sponge. At the age of fourteen, he made a one-cylinder engine, which is or was on display at the British Columbia Forest. Center in Duncan. After one year of apprenticing, he Fleetwood Mac'd it and went his own way using his parents' farm. That was pretty funny, right? That was Thank a good you. reference. Thank you. He Proud used of his, you. <laughs> he used his parents' farm as a home base as he started his own projects, which a lot of them he later sold to collectors or the government for a decent amount of money like tens of thousands of dollars he ended up building or fixing tons of shit and that's kind of how he made his money <laughs> so around the age of 17 he fixed up a broken bulldozer that a heavy duty mechanic with a lot more experience said could not be saved after adding that to his arsenal uh granger would use it he would use it um where the fuck was i Oh, yeah. He would use it to help out and do odd jobs for his neighbors um, doing construction shit for him. Uh, one day when he was using it on his farm, he came across an old chassis of a locomotive with trees growing up through it. Being the curious man that he was, he set to it, pulling it from the graveyard where it lay. And in two years, he had not only he had not only brought the steam engine back to life, but gave it a home on his farm after putting in tracks. He soon offered rides to children and soon his farm with the train became almost a tourist destination. It seemed like he was a mechanical genius and if it moved, he could fix it or bring it back to life. So, while I was reading this, it made me think of northern Michigan and how every town's got that one motherfucker who you can bring not only your lawnmowers but your washers your dryers I mean anything that runs you can bring it to him hell if you needed to open a heart surgery you could probably bring it to big shout out to grocer boom see <laughs> every town's got somebody who's kind of like that slightly on the spectrum Stays away from people. You can pay him in cashews. Uh, or hot damn. Or hot damn. Or <laughs> PBR. Or two. You got a Cletus. You got a, typically they go by their last name. Grocer. <laughs> Grocer. Or Papa. 
as I refer to him. But you know, I mean, everybody knows this person. They kind of live in a shack. Small town USA knows this guy. Everybody's got one. Yeah. Whether it's Billy Bob down there in Kentucky. Whether it's Grozier up in northern Michigan. (laughs) Gosh, I love him. Whether it's Granger Taylor up in British Columbia. Hey. Every town's got somebody who's kind of like that. So, yeah. So, um, I don't know whether he took to it like when when he was around seventeen or so, but um, later in his twenties or at some point, he started getting into UFOs um, and started getting very interested in you know unidentified flying bullshit and aliens. Um, around this time, he met one of his. Uh, best friends and they met because they had a similar interest and he shared interest in smoking the weed (laughs) and that's i mean i guess that's how you that's how you make friends you just form the old circle and you just yeah i mean circle we talking about here (laughs) not that there a biscuit in the middle (laughs) no smoky circle jake not the biscuit (laughs) circle okay 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 So, Jake, have I missed anything so far? Um, so it's not... What? Okay, go ahead. Well, it's not only that he had a fascination. It was more of an obsession with aliens and UFOs. So Uh, the obsession came later, though? Not necessarily. Um, It just heightened to the point where... Yeah, continue. Well, so... Uh, when we talk when we talk about the alien obsession, right? And when I say I don't know whether it was around the time that he was seventeen or whether it came later. In my research, I found an interesting thing, and it's this: on January first of nineteen seventy, in Duncan at the Cowichan District Hospital, at about five o'clock in the morning, something strange happens. A nurse named Doreen or Doreen, sorry, Kendall, happens to see a UFO described as a bright flying saucer from the window of the hospital in the geriatric center. She claims there inside of the saucer were two humanoid figures. Shocked, she called over another worker, and before it had disappeared, it was seen by two others who had joined them at the window. Now, an interesting thing about this, when when I actually went and looked it up, this is like a pretty well known or documented incident incident that happened. And in fact, it became so popular that the Canadian mint, because of an artist, an artist fucking made a print for it. They actually put it on a $20 silver piece. They like, they made an engraving and printed it out. And you, I mean, you can go and look it up. Like, yes, sir. Uh, the American government also headed over there to see what was going on. Well, that, I mean, at this particular time, there was like a whole bunch of UFO interest, wasn't there? Yeah, it was. What year did you say? So this was in 1970. Like Barney and Betty Hill were right before that. Betty and Barney Hill were in the 50s. So only 20 years. Right. So, but this wasn't the only interesting stuff that was seen in British Columbia. Um, like I said, so then I started looking up like UFO sightings and stuff. And a year prior in 1969, <laughs> not too far away, like, I don't know. The Vancouver Island doesn't necessarily look like it's that big, but in the northern section of it, there had been reports of UFOs. But after this incident um, uh, that the that the nurse had witnessed through that night and in the early morning, others, including a uh, a Royal Canadian National Air Service pilot, had reported seeing similar a similar object in the sky. 
Are you talking on the fucking no. phone? No, I'm listening. How dare you? I'm mocking. Continue. Holy cow sex. Oh, I'm sorry. Is my episode not interesting <laughs> enough for you? Go fuck yourself. You haven't gotten to the interesting part. But... Uh... That's pretty fucking interesting. Okay. <laughs> that now, so in 1970, 10 years before this guy vanishes, there appears to be a UFO. So now it's safe to say that Granger had heard about this because Duncan's not necessarily that big of a city. And in fact, I think that the hospital is only like 20 miles or so from his home. So it's safe to say that he heard about this and that it was, he was likely fascinated by the thought of the complexity of how this otherworldly craft operated. And at the same time, he seemed to grow bored of the things on the ground and took interest in planes. He got his pilot's license and then fixed and then fixed a scrapped World War II Kitty Hawk fighter plane that he would later then sell for tens of thousands of dollars. The, the price that I found on it was $20,000. Jake, would you like to add anything? Uh, I I came across a couple of different prices, but it was from a huge collector of World War II things. Yeah. And people speculate upwards to closer to like 80 or 90. Even back then, shit load of money. I get it. I mean, it's a World War II plane. I didn't necessarily look up the plane itself to see what it looked like or anything or how cool it was, but the the number that I'd come across was around $20,000. But I put tens of thousands because there wasn't anything really all that clear. So far, so good? Mm-hmm. Okay. So he fixed the fighter plane. And then later on, uh, he even gets bored with aerial mechanics. And that so like I said, I don't know if it happened when he was like from 17 on out or 20, how would he have been 22 when this happened. So I don't know if it's in his 20s, but then he becomes really interested in UFOs. So he gets so interested in UFOs that he ended up taking two satellite dishes, like the big old 1980 ones. <laughs> And what he ends up doing is he basically makes a grown-up treehouse out of the two satellite dishes. Yes. (laughs) And he makes it look like a UFO, putting in a TV, a couch, and a wood stove. Attaboy, Granger. And, like, you can look at pictures of it. it, it Basically, it looks like it's on fucking stilts, right, Jake? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. So he makes this thing look like a fucking UFO. Puts in, like, a little window and shit, too. So... I mean, he creates his own bachelor pad and he starts spending like a shitload of time out there. Now, about this time, though, and this is where things get a little bit different. So he liked to smoke weed and his family and his best friend, they they all agree on that. He's smoked quite a quite a bit of weed. But also around this time is when he started doing like acid. So, I mean, it opens up the mind a little bit, right? All right, Joe Rogan, whatever you say. You better not go after <laughs> Rogan's podcast. You get shut down real quick, Chief. It opens up your mind, it expands your brain, and it lets you see not only into the future, but through the future, up the future, and around the future's ass. You understand? That is Inside what Joe Rogan's ass. That is what Joe Rogan says about DMT, pretty much. And I'm not going to uh, argue with a guy. I've never been there, done that, but. But you've done about everything else. Well, yeah, that's facts. <laughs> so anyways, so about this time, he starts partaking in a little bit of the dropping of the acid. By a little bit, I mean, he frequently used it. Um. And so now that he had built like his own little spaceship man cave, he starts dropping acid, starts smoking weed, and starts spending a shitload of time out there. And since now, 
because of the mechanical genius guy that he is, because he can fix everything else, it kind of he just loses interest with like engines and planes and combustible engines. And so now he's like trying to figure out how UFOs work. And so he spends a great deal of his time up in his treehouse. They're asleep in there. Yeah. He would sleep in there. He'd have like, he got books and just started studying UFOs and alien life and everything else. And around about this time, he also started receiving messages from aliens telepathically. That's right. So he starts hearing voices in his head. Telepathically, alien communication. Hell That's yeah. how it happens. That is exactly how it happens. So this kind of shit consists. He starts having these reoccurring dreams of getting abducted. And um, yeah, with with. I'm sorry, would you like to add something? Well, since this is a smut podcast, as I always say. He has wet UFO dreams. You see, now I didn't, I didn't hear any of that bullshit. I didn't read any of that, so I don't know whether or not he did. But I hope them aliens are real, so that I have more things to fuck. And maybe that was his venture. <laughs> but I would, I would assume that if he was shy around humans, I can't imagine that he would, you know, really find a great deal of interest in gallivanting around with something that's, you know, by all accounts, either anywhere from fucking 3 to 12 foot tall, possibly made out of metal, giant-headed, bug-eyed, possibly a dragon. Tails, tails, don't forget tails, there's lizard people. Tails, three fingers, no noses, with no teeth, eyes. Probes. Probes. Am I missing any description of aliens? Well... According oh, to South Park, there's uh, the Marklars, and uh, there's an entire race that has dicks for noses. Yo, and no, this just got me thinking. When I talked about the train, Jake, I'm so surprised you didn't throw in a South Park reference there. Come on over to my house, kids. You can ride on my train, the train train. Let's ride the magical train, me. Let's ride together. Yeah, I know. Rip MJ. So anyways, so Michael Jefferson. Yes. <laughs> yes, Michael Jefferson. He started having reoccurring dreams about being abducted. And probed. Um, not probed. <laughs> um, but he also said, like I like I'd mentioned, that he was being contacted by aliens. He also built a radio so he could remain in some sort of communication with them. Um and and then, like I said, according to his family and his best friend Robert Keller, um, homeboy had been burning the devil's lettuce, the whole cabbage patch, as a matter of the fact, and he was allegedly taking LSD regularly. As his mental health declined, he spoke to his friends and said soon the aliens were going to come for him and show him their advanced technology. He made it known that it would be a 42-month duration. And shortly after this, he began taking acid twice a day. Oh, boy. Okay. <laughs> so he's kind of starting to spiral. Again, now he's telling all of his friends that this is going to happen. He, he's like well set on this, on this, on this fucking path, right? So now this kind of brings us to the beginning of the story. So one night, and it's a stormy ass night, like they're talking hurricane force winds. November 29th, 1980. I don't know whether he had gone to the diner first. I highly doubt it. I think what he did is he goes um, to his parents' bedroom. He slaps that he slaps that note on the door, you know, saying, Go ahead and look at my will, that'll have instructions. And from some things that I've read, there's a map that he drew on the back of his note that had shown some sort of mountain nearby. And he puts uh, like, go ahead. They say it still has yet to be completely deciphered. <clears throat> well, from what I, from what, what I read, it was a map with some sort of X marks, the spot with no real fucking instructions. I mean, again, 
you have the front page of the map or the front page of the note. There's nothing, nobody ever shows you the back. And there's a lot of things that are like kind of, kind of strange here. Okay. So nobody's ever seen, well, I mean, besides his family or anything, nobody's seen the will. Nobody knows what the instructions are, at least not that I read. So he slaps this note on there. He goes, he goes to uh, Bob's diner. Um, uh, I guess he has a meal. He gets ready, leaves, leaves the diner. Um, there's, there's a part, uh, or at least something, something that I read that he talks to one of the waitresses there. Uh, it was November. He leaves his coat. She's like, Hey, you need your coat. And he goes, huh, not where I'm going. Jumps in his pink Datsun truck. And takes off towards what's the name of that mountain, Jake? You the know, one with the giants? No, Prevost. Prevost Mountain or Prevost Mountain, whatever it was. He jumps in his truck and starts hauling ass. Now, again, it's a huge storm now. There's hurricane force winds, there's a lot of rain and everything else. Some people allegedly say there was an explosion. When his stepdad wakes up in the morning and he sees this note. I mean, of course, he's like, oh, fuck. Oh, boy. Oh, no. And he turns around, runs out, starts checking some places that he would go. Can't find Granger and immediately brings it to the uh, the Mounties, the Royal Canadian Mounted Police. Brings it to their attention. And they file a missing person report. They start running out there and they start checking everything. Now, Jake, the only thing is, is I don't necessarily know the timeline i couldn't really find the timeline um from Hit when me. they from when they found uh because in their searches they found an explosion site six, six years after he went missing okay six years yeah so they search around they can't find anything for four years his parents had left the back door open waiting for him to come home for four years nothing and six years later they found an explosion site about 10 miles north of his house. And in this explosion site, they find fragments of human bones. They find cloth. Right. And they find some some reports say that they found a VIN number that matched Granger's truck. So you're telling me that there's a fucking OK. And so the reason that they find this explosion site and why everybody is like, because because the coroner ends up looking at these bones or a um, pathologist or whatever looks at the bones and he's like, yep, for sure that's got to be Granger. There's rumored reports. I'd only seen like one report, but it was all contradicting. They said that they found the VIN number for a blue Datsun truck. Okay, so the VIN number, I can't imagine that that motherfucker would be intact reason that there's an explosion site is because Granger was known to carry dynamite in his truck. <laughs> that does explain <laughs> the question I had in my head. <laughs> like, how, how, you were wondering, you were like, well, how does it just explode? It? No, he has it. He has dynamite in his truck. <laughs> to explode, to explode stumps. Yeah. Yes, I, I understand that, but just carrying it in your vehicle you don't have dynamite in your truck right now, Ben? No, I take better okay, care of got, my dynamite than that. He got r- rid of his Aus truck. So anyways, so they quote unquote, one, one source says that they find a VIN number or a piece of a VIN number or whatever. But no, I, I can't find anything that says, yes, they found this VIN number. They didn't. They found pieces of human bone. When finding the cloth, they brought it to his mother. And she identified it as his. So, yeah, Granger, like I said, he had... But but the thing is this, is the VIN number that they had, they said it was for a blue Datsun truck. So now, from what I've read, all of Granger's blue Datsun trucks, because he had like, Two of like, I guess he was fascinated with him. He had like two or three of them, but all of them were accounted for. And his best friend, Robert Keller, said no. That truck that he was driving that night was Pepto Bismol fucking pink. I know because me and 
fucking Charlie over here helped him fucking paint it. All of his blue ones are accounted for. Right, but if they painted it, it would have started life out as a different I, color, so it could have been I a blue agree. one. I'm with you 110%. Benjamin, you have enough dynamite in your fucking truck, right? That if you want to blow yourself up, you're going to blow yourself up. You tell me how how that works. You blow yourself to a fucking oblivion. Where are the VIN numbers located? Generally in the dash, on stickers on the door, sometimes on stickers under the hood. And the thing about the thing about explosion is yes, a lot of shit like gets destroyed, but it's not like an all-encompassing fire. So a lot of that shit could actually survive. I'm I'm with you, but all I'm saying is the way that I look at it is this is number one, if he was trying to end his life, because that's one of the theories that came out, and eventually six years later they claim, you know, they declared him dead. Mm. So they declare him dead. They say, "Hey, he blew. He blew up. Whether it was on purpose or accidental, because a lot of people are saying, well, you know, he was taking so much LSD or acid or whatever that he started going a little bit crazy." And some people said, you know, when he wrote that note, what he was saying is, "I'm going to, you know, I'm leaving my human body. The aliens are going to take my, going to take my spirit, and then they're going to like put me back." Like you know, a lot of people dig deep into into what he wrote there so they think that he went drove out there blew himself up and again it's only a 10 mile radius in his house mm. like a 10 mile, 10 mile distance from his house which seems kind of odd like if you were missing for six years yeah i would think that you would find it a little bit sooner than that but if you brought enough explosive like if i was going to blow myself up I would bring a shitload of explosives. Like, I would be nothing but a crater. I can't imagine that a vehicle, like a small fucking S10, because in my mind, all I see is, like, you know, 1980s Datsun. Mm -hmm. If that motherfucker blows, like, I can't, I, I realistically, in my mind, I can't, and, and again, the thing that said that, one of the papers that said that they had found the VIN number, it was only one, and it was never you know, um, never confirmed. Never, yeah, it was never confirmed by the Royal Royal Canadian Mounted Police. So it was mentioned in one article one time. The bone fragments. Um, I, I don't think they're still in existence today, right, Jake? No. Yeah. So you can't do DNA testing, and they didn't at the, the time either. No, they didn't. Well, I don't know if the uh, technology existed then. In 1980, I don't think so. No. No. Are you sure? I'm pretty 100% positive. I'm pretty sure back in the 70s, they could check dental records. With you these. can check dental records, but you can't check the DNA. They didn't have the technology to do DNA testing yet. Otherwise, like fucking uh, Richard Ramirez or fucking Ted Bundy or... Uh, who else am I thinking of? Dennis, uh, what's his Rodman. name? No, um, the fucking uh, BTK. All those motherfuckers would have been caught by, you know, DNA. You got Bundy over here fucking biting bitches. You got BTK. You know, he has to leave some sort of evidence somewhere, a hair or whatever. And Richard Ramirez, of course, the Night Stalker. <laughs> Come on. You see this shit, Ben? He's bringing true crime onto our podcast. <laughs> yeah, I'm, sorry. I'm sorry about that. I'm sorry. All I'm saying is the technology didn't exist at the time. But now, of course, his bone fragments are located there, which takes us to a couple of different theories. So um, I read a, one of my theories that, or one of the theories that I really like, Benjamin, is this is that Granger Taylor was so intelligent, so mechanically inclined, and got so close to figuring out how UFOs work that the U.S. government was like, this motherfucker knows that aliens are around. We gotta get, it. We gotta get rid of him. So late one night, they just go, they find his truck or whatever, kidnap him, 
haul him off out in the middle of the fucking woods or whatever, blow his ass up, and they say, bye bye buddy. Other theory. Basically the same kind of thing, except the U.S. government's like, we could use your help, chief. Why don't you come down to America? Area 51. Let's see if you can figure out how to engineer some of this shit. Oh, your family? Yeah, don't worry about that. We'll make sure nobody comes looking for you. Uh, another theory, of course, he actually got abducted by aliens and liked it so much up there that he was just like, man, fuck it, I can't really relate to people anyways. Uh, I'll just stay up here with them. Uh, Jake, I'm just saying theories. You forgot to say uh, what he always told people, uh, that he could just grow a beard and go to a different country and no one would ever know. Yeah, no. Also, so the other things that I don't, the thing that I don't like about this is that he lived, so he lived with his parents. If you see pictures of him, he looks, honestly, Jake, when I first saw him, like, I was like, he kind of reminds me of Ben with hair. Like, he's just kind of like this burly lumberjack looking dude. And like a lot of his pictures are with his parents who look like a sweet old couple. He seems very close to them. Whether or not he was like kind of a social outcast, I'm. He had friends. Yeah. So is Ben. Ben's a huge outcast. He was. He was a sweet guy. He loved his family. I mean, even in the note that he left, the memes like, "I'll see y'all in forty-two months or forty-eight months or whatever. I'll be back." Love Granger. And that's it. So it, regardless of like what kind of trip you're having, like even if you used LSD or acid like that, I. Personally, I don't necessarily, I guess I don't want to believe that he was just like, man, fuck it, boom, and just blows himself up. It, it seemed like he was too much of a family guy for that. Well, family guy. <laughs> um, so a, a couple of the theories that I heard that I really didn't like is he was suicidal because of one, he was either depressed or two, he was just bored. Like he, he learned everything he could and he was done. Um, I remember reading the, uh, the government stuff, like whether they killed him or took him. Um, then I got onto the fun ones. What happened with, uh, up in outer space? So one, he found love, didn't want to leave. Got another, uh, what's her name? Almond or cashew or whatever. Ben. Yeah, it's almond or cashew. Um. Then he uh, got her preggers and couldn't leave. Um, they killed him because he was too intelligent. The aliens, uh, yeah. The aliens uh, killed him, huh? The aliens killed him because he was yeah, too smart. Because, yeah, he knew too much. No. Um. Fuck them. There is he loved it up there. Didn't want to leave, and he got transported to a different dimension because he had broken like he's like a dimensional plane or something yes he's he's like he's too deity type to just live among us okay you you know what I just I just remembered what uh, yeah, Sling Blade. Mm-hmm. Don't know, don't know, you're the boy. Ain't oh, got no was... gas in it. Don't know, don't know, you're the boy. Mm-hmm. French fried taters. Mm-hmm. French fried taters. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I can't get this to work. Don't you put gas in it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no, let me go and try that. <sighs> Thanks. So, Benjamin, questions? You missed you missed one theory, boys. What? The, it didn't happen. The, Bigfoot. Uh, the eccentric motherfucker with the dynamite in his car did some acid and blowed his stupid self up on his way up to meet the aliens. No, no, I, <laughs> on an I acid covered trip. that one. Not so on purpose. Ben, well, so so that was the one thing. Like his best friend was like, "There's no fucking way he built he blew himself up by accident." He pl- played with dynamite all the time. 
So, yeah, but dynamite. I mean, man, that's that's like it's like playing with alligators and shit. You know, like yeah, sure, you might be real good at it and you might be real careful, but eventually you're gonna get bit. Like well, a Steve Irwin. Dynamite is fucking volatile, and it sweats pure nitroglycerin. And when you jiggle nitroglycerin, it goes kaboom. So. Honestly, look what a quarter stick does to a lake. And he had sticks. He had like, what'd they say, like 20 sticks at a time? Oh, I mean, it it wasn't uncommon for him. Yeah, it wasn't uncommon for him to carry like a shipload of dynamite. That is plenty enough to turn a Datsun pickup truck into fucking dust. I, I. Like holy shit! Yeah, but wouldn't there be more left of him? So I think with twenty sticks, no. I think there would be a destroyed frame to a car. But the fact that they were only finding VIN numbers or pieces of VIN numbers—that's that's that's a little suspicious. And you're telling you're telling me that he blows up, and oh, we found a couple of pieces of these bones and some of his shirt. With if there was a full box of dynamite that he I that that he exploded, you know, on accident. Uh, you know, I'm not sure how it might have worked. There's no fucking way his clothing is going to survive. They that. would have been I finding mean, a shadow. Maybe, maybe. Like yeah, in the <laughs> instant. Come the fuck on! If you're telling me that you are positive that there is a big foot roaming around out there, and you can't get on board. Come on. No, I'm telling you. Okay, so in the moment, like if you were watching this, yes, he would have looked like nothing more than a red mist. Okay, just. But you, it, it, dynamite doesn't exactly disintegrate shit. There is debris left over. Like, say they found skull fragments. It would be like the far side of his skull from the explosion that was pushed through concussive force more than fireball so i think like i think if that happened it would be like and that's my boy oh yeah his dad exploded there is uh, a, a few teeth a finger and a little piece of nutsack right like in this case when they say fragments they might as well just say shrapnel because that's what they're I mean, talking that, about that i can buy but but if, if the I don't know. I just, in my mind, I cannot because there's the explosion, like the explosion of the vehicle, of the dynamite, of the everything. He's sitting in the passenger's, or he's sitting in the driver's seat. And I just, in, I cannot. And it depends fat. on where the dynamite might have been. It's a Datsun pickup truck. It doesn't like, fucking matter. It's within two feet of you. Right. But I mean, no matter what, like if it's in the bed of the truck, the the metal in between the bed, the cab, you know, even the back glass, that's all going to shield your bone structure somewhat. How does it light? Like, you're not going to... He flicked a joint Shake out it. the fucking window. It's storming. And? It's, it's it takes like a, a spark. I, I get that, but if you flick a fucking cigarette out the window, if he has it in the back of his truck, Number one, it's getting rained on the entire time. All the right. dynamite does not care about the water. Period. Down. I'm just and if you if you are driving in the bed of the truck up against the the front of the cab, or you know the front of the bed where the cab is, dry as a bone while you're driving. I'm no, just. I'm saying in this particular this particular storm, it was as though it, it was a fucking hurricane. Yeah, there was. There was like 60 to 70 mile per hour winds. Mm-hmm. There was fucking torrential downpour. Mm-hmm. No fucking. Yeah. Ride a motorcycle with a windshield sometime in a rainstorm. Well, I'm just saying. If like, it's a good windshield, you get wet cab, when you stop. With my single cab, whenever I'm smoking that, go to flick it out of the window. There's so many times where somehow it goes out and pops right back in behind me. Yep. Even when it's raining, it's still like, oh, man, my my truck's going to light on fire now. And I mean, I don't know if di- like, a, like a joint ash would even be enough to light dynamite, but the jiggle jiggle, if it's uh, sweated enough nitrous, would be. Do, 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 do. 
Jiggle, jiggle, jiggle. I don't, I don't know. He's to me like number one. He dicked around with it enough. Number two, like he's an insanely intelligent person. Now, I'm not saying that insanely intelligent people can't make mistakes, but I'm like, he's an insanely it, it almost, intelligent. It would almost be like to me, Ben. It would be like saying, and then Ben, you know, ended up dying from a gunshot wound to the fucking head because he had an accident, a mishap with a firearm. That okay. would be exactly why I would not be high on weed and acid and playing with firearms, though. Derek, I hate yeah. to do this. I really hate to do this. <clears throat> You're a pretty avid woodworker, right? Yeah. Where's your finger at? Hey, Reed. So here, here's the thing. Am I like an avid woodworker? Yes. <laughs> would you say that safety is my strong suit? <laughs> no. No, I never say that safety is his strong suit. I I rarely wear safety glasses. I the reason that that happened is because I took the fucking guard off the machine. Paranatural PSA: Those guards are there for a reason. Leave them be. (laughs) Anyway, six inches, people. I'm just like clearly, I'm not the smart person. Oh, please, please continue that sentence, please. I gotta hear it. Well, I think it goes without saying that I am not the most intelligent motherfucker on the face but of this. Pretty world. damn close. No, not when it comes to Jacob Bean. Out of out of all of us, when asked, "Can you believe this?" When I asked that to our parents, our father said, and I quote, "Well, if one of y'all was going to lose a finger, I figured it'd be you." <laughs> well, it's pretty accurate. He's not wrong. No, no. There's only one person who's stupid enough to do something stupid enough. Yeah, that's me. That's, that's you. You're a big dum-dum with certain things. And I say that with love. If you're going to be stupid, you got to be tough. And I am the toughest one of us. Eh. Go ahead and argue that one. All I'm saying. All right. All right. Ego, continue with the story. All I'm saying is, is I think that, again, like, for instance, Ben, if somebody said that you had a mishap with a firearm, I'd be like, I don't give a fuck if Ben smoked weed or not. There's no effing way, not a chance in hell that he would have, quote unquote, a mishap. I would say, nope, somebody murdered him. I mean, it happens, though. And and I understand that it happens, but. I, I don't know. It just seems a little... And again, to find that shit six years later? That part is a little suspicious. Because if you're talking like only 10 miles away from his house, then you're talking mm. 10 miles away from home. Yes. So this whole village, anybody who goes out in the woods is going to be within that radius mostly. You know, it's not like he went way the fuck out there. So yeah, that's a little weird. That it took that long to find it. Yeah. And it, it typically, typically like the police will sit there and they'll tell you, you know, you have to wait like two days or whatever. Like, I hate that fucking rule. Right. That is actually a myth. Just so everybody knows you do not have to wait before they will file a missing person report. No, but a lot of the fucking police will tell you, uh, you have to wait or whatever. They'll give you some sort of time frame. If you're an adult, they will also tell you that, Maybe they just wanted to leave. Yeah. You're an adult. You can do what... If you want to fucking disappear, you can disappear. But his dad didn't even fuck around. Or his stepdad didn't even fuck around. He went out there. He looked. Like, did his due diligence. Went went to places that Granger had been known to, like, frequent. Like, things... Because, I mean, his stepdad knew him pretty well. So he starts going on to these fucking places. When he's not those places, he goes right to the fucking police station. He's like, yo. He's fucking missing. And those motherfuckers, they didn't say, oh, you have to wait a couple of days. He said, fuck no, let me go gather, gather the posse. And they, right. they searched like exhaustively for at least, at least two to four weeks. Now, there is, I'm going to speculate, but it makes sense in my head, a reason why they said, yeah, we'll get the posse and we'll go looking for this motherfucker. Vancouver Island does not look big on a map. It's actually pretty big. And yeah. most of it is fucking wilderness. I agree. 
so they're used to people getting lost on Vancouver Island. Lost in the fucking woods. They got to go find them. So they don't fuck around up there when somebody goes missing because they could die real quick. Yeah. There's fucking bears yeah. and shit out there. Like, so. No, because because um, it's not uncommon for planes to go down um, right. on Vancouver Island. Right. And when that happens, I mean, they they get the fuck out there and they go and look for the person. Right. And so in in my mind, I'm like, okay, they know that the plane crashed here or whatever, or in this general vicinity, they're used to going and searching large areas of, of land to locate people. And you're telling me 10 miles from his fucking house. That's where this, this was found. Yeah, that, that doesn't make a lot of sense. And it's not like a fucking Datsun pickup is going that far off of any beaten track. I don't even think they were four-wheel drive. I don't think so. There, there were four-wheel drive versions. Most of them were not. I wonder if... I wonder if... Um, because it would have been... Would it have been American or European? Because didn't they make two different kinds? The European were only um, rolling two-wheel two drivers. Right? Yeah, no, it would have been they a can, North American version. They can carry coconuts. Oh, that's good. Oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> but no, so that's... I think that's the strangest thing. And like I said, just him as a person, it it doesn't... I don't know. I don't. I don't like the fact that he's like, all right, I'll see y'all. It's not. It's not like Jake. If Jake says I'll call you tomorrow and he doesn't call me for three months, I'm not gonna fucking worry. Because that's how he like. He seems like the kind of guy who's like, hey, listen, I'll call you tomorrow. Like, I mean, his stepdad. Yeah. As soon as he saw the note, he was like, nope, something's wrong. Yeah, he certainly doesn't seem the type to unalive himself. We can all agree on that, I guess. Why you got to do that, Ben? Just Why? to piss you off. <laughs> because it pisses you off. <laughs> Every time. Every time. It's uh, such an annoying word. What? Unaliving? Yes. Why? Why does it upset you so much? I don't know. Why does staring upset me so much? It just does. It does. You, does it make you want to unalive yourself? <laughs> do, do you find it sus? <laughs> <laughs> now, welcome to the Paranatural Podcast. We made him pout. <laughs> I'm gonna mute you, sons of bitches. <laughs> what? I'm sorry, you were muted. <laughs> so, so Ben, you don't think that it's aliens? Uh, no, no, no aliens here. No, I don't think so. Jake, was there a, I can't remember. I can't remember if I read this or not. Do you remember reading anything um, of, of uh, people witnessing or like seeing UFOs the night that he went missing? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I thought I read something like that. Yeah. Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was two two people that were like completely not even, uh, like they didn't know of him, but they reported. There is so many reports. There is like a bunch of people reporting strange lights in the sky. There was people reporting uh, metallic crafts, and then there was two people who said that they saw one landed on that night. Yeah, and then there was also uh. A bunch of different countries like were reporting it that night. Nifty. Yes. Shut up, Derek. What are you saying? This is your podcast. Would you talk? Yeah. Um, so I personally aliens are not not usually my thing. Uh if I believe if anything is probably real, I think that it's ghosts. That's me. Um, aliens or, or what? A ghost bear <laughs> or a ghost bear. <laughs> I think ghosts in general, ghosts, ghosts are 
or something that I can probably get behind. But that's just because, I guess, personally, that's the thing that I've experienced the most of. Um, you got to tell Ben, by the way. Yeah, I will. Um, I've never, never seen like a UFO. I've never seen strange lights or anything like that. I could see aliens being real. But if like aliens were real, then I would have some real questions. I think that the likelihood of Bigfoot is is more likely than aliens, in my humble opinion. That personally, that's what I think. I think who I let, think, what? Who let you on the show? You you did. <laughs> hey, we're my dick. We respect think, all I those think, opinions here. That's fine. That's fine. Oh, oh here's a here's a good question for you guys. Okay. What do you think out of out of everything? has the biggest chance of being real. Bigfoot, mermaids, or aliens? Aliens. Well, that's a tough question. You mean like mermaids as in like like actual honest to God, like what we think of as mermaids, right? Half human, half fish? What Whatever you imagine. Whether it's some sort of like Monkey uh, fish, Derek's drawing. Humanoid type fucking sea creature. Nah, those are probably Let me just say sea either monsters. Way. Sea monsters, absolutely. If 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 it was just like sea serpent type things or whatever, yeah. yeah like there's nasty. so much shit in that ocean we don't know about. Like so much shit. I'm so see, now that's that's where I fall. I think that it is probably really likely that number one there's got to be something floating around in the ocean that we don't know about but also as much land as we have like explored and everything else in this of like in in the world i mean we discover new species every single day now granted they might be fucking bugs or a beetle or a fucking ant or whatever but the fact that we're still discovering things and there's parts of the fucking world that still have not really been fucking seen or at least set foot on, I think that, you know, I don't think that it's on, I don't think it'd be fucking crazy to believe in fucking Bigfoot. No, that there is so much. Uh, people don't understand because the places where they, you know, people talk about seeing Bigfoot, these are large tracts of just wilderness. And it doesn't matter how many like paths or roads you have running through the fucking woods. All you got to do is get in between those paths, crouch down and be still. And nobody's going to see you in there. Like if you wanted to, you could make it a long way in this country and never be seen by a human being. Yeah. It wouldn't be hard. That's, that's, that's kind of my thing. Like if you really wanted to just go off fucking grid and disappear, you more than likely could. Oh yeah, absolutely. Easily. You'd have to cut ties with everybody that you fucking knew or whatever, but I, I think it's entirely possible. And even more so if you were the type that, you know, like as a human, it's easier to find a human who's hiding in the woods because we have to build a shelter and we have to make fire and shit like that. We leave evidence behind that we were there. If we didn't have to build shelters and make fires but could just live, you'd never, never find us. Never, ever. I think Bigfoot's entirely possible. I think Sea Monster is entirely possible. Aliens, me. Again, I just can't. I mean, as as fucking vast as spaces and everything else, I just I don't know. I if aliens came to Earth, I'm telling you this right now. Fuck, automatically Derek would be like, "Fuck, nope, it's the end times. It's the fucking devil. We need to get the fuck out of here." Y'all need to start praying. That's where I would be. <laughs> I mean, that's me. not unfair. It, it, you make valid points. I mean, that's just me. Jake, you look like you want to say something. No, no, no. I like there's, there's endless sky. There's endless, like they say we know more about the sky than we do about our own oceans, which Maybe that's possible, maybe, but they they haven't found the edge of the universe. They haven't found that there is an end 
anywhere. So how are we to say like that we're the only thing out of everything? It's well, just, it's like your Bigfoot argument. Like there's so much woods that like we haven't stepped foot in or we can't always have an eye on. Right. But, we're not seeing. But my thing is this is Bigfoot would be here on the fucking planet. If it's a fucking alien, you would you would have to travel I I don't know, like interdimensionally, right? So you're not contesting the fact that life exists out of off of earth you're contesting that that extraplanetary it, life has come how here. would it get to us okay that's fair the, the speed of light i mean well see now light years away is fucking is the sun how many i can't remember yeah not it's not even one light year it's not no the sun's rays take eight minutes to get to earth Oh, we'll shit on it. <laughs> so, I'm just saying. And how fast also, do you have to go? How fast is the speed of the speed of light? Heckin' fast, Too fast, very heckin' cool. fast. <laughs> but I'm just saying, like you didn't say, like the likelihood of aliens. An alien could be a plant underground in Mars. Ready, gentlemen. Hold on. The speed of light: two hundred ninety-nine thousand. Oh no, I'm sorry, 299,792,458 miles per second. Not bad. That's fast as fuck, boy. Yeah. You it would I don't know what kind of fucking technology you would have to do that. I just find it very unlikely because even if something exists in a fucking world far, far away, that means that they have to be so far fucking advanced and like we're pretty fucking advanced to the point where AI is about ready to take us over so I'm just saying look at like look at what we accomplished in the 60s when we landed on the moon like how fast did that have to go which which rocket was that it was Apollo 17 wasn't it 13 which one 11 speak up Ben 11. I think. Okay. Oh, 11 went 25,000 miles per hour. 25,000. That's 60 like, years ago. <laughs> I get that. Hold on. Fastest rocket today. Three hundred ninety-four thousand miles per hour. You only have to go. You only have to go about nine times that fast. <laughs> or no, ninety. Yeah, you only We're have going to go seconds. We're getting there. Only, We're getting. There. Oh yeah. No, these are still hours. <laughs> <laughs> we need to go. We need to go. Fucking one hundred twenty <laughs> fucking times ninety. We need to go a whole lot faster. That's for damn sure. But I'm just saying, like... I'm just saying, I don't think we're going to get there. Well, At I, that point, you go that fast, your soul's getting ripped out of your asshole. There's no fucking way. Well, aliens don't have souls. Nor assholes. assholes Jake. Right, that's what I said. They have cloaca holes. Okay. Cloaca holes. They're reptilians. <laughs> Reptiles have cloacas. <laughs> Educate yourself, Derek. I fucking try, buddy. Uh, that hard. checks out. That checks out. So, anyways, um, what were we talking about? Fucked if I remember. Yeah, I love pass. <laughs> um, yeah. So, regardless, uh, I mean, you have to feel for his family, his friends, and everything else. Um, a lot of his family members have kind of accepted that. You know, he died in some sort of explosion, whether it was an accident or whatever. Uh, obviously, his parents are long, long done and gone from then or from since since then. But I mean, there's really <laughs> not much left besides a big mystery. Personally, my favorite theory is that uh, the United States 
faked his death so they could bring him to Area 51. You know, I kind of like that one, too. Because this is like in the same decade that Bob Lazar claimed to have that shit happen to him that happened. And like, that sounds like the kind of dude they were looking for. If you if you if you believe Bob Lazar's story, which I'm not getting into right now, but (laughs) if you believe his story. That's the type of people they were trying to get. To go to fucking Area S or whatever the fuck it was called. I can't remember right now, but yeah. He got he got recruited. He got um, recruited. He got erased. He sh- he didn't grow a fucking beard. He shaved his beard and joined the Men in Black. Yep. Uh, and that's then it. We know what happened. Turned to him. into Tommy Lee Jones. No, no, no. He 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 was in the Dolce Wars. That's how he died. He was one of the scientists that got dead. Unalived. <laughs> Couldn't hear you. Sorry. <laughs> you and Alive Aid. <laughs> Continue, please. Vita no mas. <laughs> Is that better? <laughs> Anyways. Continue, so, please. I mean that's that's about all I got. I just think I just think it's a really interesting story. I think that there's a huge mystery that surrounds it. Um other people, I mean, obviously everybody's come to their own little conclusions as what's happened. It's fun to speculate on what happened. Uh, I guess the most likely is that man he, bear pig. Uh, he got he got exploded. Man bear pig. <laughs> he got exploded. In in my opinion, that's most likely that happened. But the whimsical side of me wants to think that he got recruited by the U.S. Man government. Bear pig. And that's it. That's all I got. All right, then. Ladies and gentlemen, we thank you, as always, for taking your time and spending it here with us on the Paranatural Podcast. If you enjoy the show, please don't forget to share the show with a friend. That is the fastest and easiest way for us to grow and bring more people in to listen to all this fun and fuckery. Derek, thanks for joining us, buddy. That was a pleasure. Thank you. Ladies and gentlemen, you know we love you. Good night. Watch out for Man Bear Pig, guys. Love you. Good night. <laughs>